and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Well, hello there and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates, where we're all pretty much doing the same thing we've been doing every week since quarantine started. (laughs) How's your week been, Kat? You know, pretty much like the week before was. Um, Actually, do you know what? We were talking about this before in the meeting. Um, You're currently in kind of a mojo drought. I am. I have been there, but I feel like mine came back this week. Good. I'm very, very happy for you. Yeah. So I got some DIY done and I've been exercising more and feeling a bit more on top of stuff. You know, sometimes you just feel like you you just can't get anything done all day. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel that So I'm feeling good about that, but, um, you know, I'm just, it's, I know it's like Groundhog Day, but I'm just ready for it to be over. Yeah, I am as well. I got an email from my kids' summer programs that I have them in and they're starting June 2nd. So I booked a haircut for like the 10th because things are starting to open up here as long as you're using masks. So like I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I kind of feel like that's going to help me get my quarantine mojo back for the next two weeks. And then my life will look semi-normal because the kids will be being entertained elsewhere three days a week. Yeah, I think here things, they're start, I mean, here's what I think. They're starting to release lockdown a bit. Yeah. But actually you, you give a little bit and everybody just is oh, yeah. out doing a lot more. So I think that's what they're essentially doing. Like, I don't think it's great, but I feel like they're essentially edging towards herd immunity as yeah. a concept and they're relying on our lack of respect for the government and the rules to kind of make it happen. And I see it happening. People are out and about. There's more cars on the road than... I mean, it feels fairly normal. People are popping out for a coffee... They're, you know, popping to the shops because they've, you know, all of, yeah, when yeah, we've all yeah. been only going for one weekly big shop. Right. So I feel like it's it's lifting. They're saying schools will be going back on June the 1st. So wow. I mean, on a personal level, that is exciting. Well, me. I mean, I think like I, I waft between these two thoughts pretty much on like an hourly basis, because on the one hand, it's like we can't shut down forever. Like it, the world just can't sustain that. Right. Like we have to make money. People do need to go back to work. Like we have to start living our lives. It's just, you know, it's scary. Like the thought of like then having another like huge wave. Um Around here in the U.S., there's like a, I think, a loose like number bracket where like you can't have more than like a certain number of case new cases per day or whatever, and then you can start loosening it up. But um, here in Colorado, we have a mandate that we should we all need to be wearing masks while we're out. Like it's a I guess a ticketed crime. Like you can get a ticket if you're not. Um, but oh, wow. it doesn't stop people. Like I went out the other day and there's like nobody wearing masks. I'm still wearing a mask because I figure that's the least I can do. Um, and it, you know, doesn't bother me too much. It's bad. not been mandated. It's not been mandated here, although they are saying certainly not a, t- a ticketed crime yet. But they are saying that we are we should be wearing them in shops. They're fairly laissez-faire now about the outdoors. Yeah. Um. You know, and for us, it's about the R. It's about yeah. When the R becomes above one, then right. we're put back. You know, we're grounded again. Yeah. Um. But we'll just have to see. But you're right. We can't all just shut down forever. Like it's shit. It's a shit situation. But yeah. until there's a vaccine, um. We either the world comes to a standstill or we recognize 
realize that to a certain extent we have to get moving again yeah, it's really yeah. hard it's not easy but no. the vulnerable people will have to be shielded and it it sucks it's not great for anybody no it isn't and I also think I mean Elijah and I were thinking about this we were talking about this today like everybody's just kind of having to deal with on the fly like we're all learning on the fly so I mean it's not like a video game or a TV show where you can you know try it a bunch of times until you get it right and then like move on like we just have to kind of base our everyday knowledge on the information that we have and we do all have to kind of live like living inside and only doing things once a week is not like a way the world can actually work anymore so I don't know no it's frustrating, but it is what it is. And we're, yeah. I mean, largely we're still in the house. And we, we are too. You know, it's, it, I mean, that's Granted, how it's going to be. Granted, we have opened up to, like I told you guys last week, drinking on the driveway. So now we've got couples scheduled, like every Saturday night, different couples to come and social distance on our driveway and drink and watch the reality show, which is the field across from my house, which we've now named Jackass Hill 80210. 80210. It's brilliant. Yeah. That is brilliant. Actually, I mean, no, it's 80120, 80120, because that's our zip code. <laughs> I mean, you, it is your zip code. Yeah. You should know that. Yeah, I, sh- I should. <laughs> <laughs> I do enough Amazon ordering that I should know that. <laughs> I am all here for social distance drinking. Um, speaking of which, shall we Shall we get on with some of these? Cra- I mean, it's like this lot have been drinking too much this week. These oh, 100%. Guys are... Uh, I mean, Housewives not are on so fire. Much, not so much below deck. No. But but the rest of these lot have got their bitch pants on this week. Jesus, 100%. Like, you know, I, I think it's interesting because obviously most of this was all filmed before like quarantine and everything. Like watching it back, they're probably like, what the fuck did we have to complain about? At least we could get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching some sort of historical drama right now. It's Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. oh, do you remember when we could all just sit down and have lunch? together absolutely scream at each other right at the same table make an appropriate comment to each other in a corn maze yeah pee on the ground in the corn maze and and not give two fucks those were the days i'm a little bit Um, irritated at like the historical popping up on my social media because i realized i just kat and i were talking about this in the meeting beforehand eight years ago when i was pregnant with my first kiddo (laughs) yesterday we were laying next to a pool in dubai visiting a friend of ours being spritzed with avion spritzers eight years ago yesterday that sounds oh, God. amazing i mean honestly even just going like to a nor like going to the gym sounds amazing to me right now just being I around know. other people but these memories need to be like temporarily halted because they're they're not helping my quarantine I know. Mojo. do you know what else do you know what else needs to be temporarily halted that bit on netflix that says are you still watching exactly Fuck off. they should have switched that shit off as soon as lockdown happened they should have netflix if you're listening turn that shit off it just makes us feel <laughs> bad about ourselves or it netflix. in interrupts my work because my kids are like Bam, the thing is still up are we still watching the show come click it and it's just like ugh. netflix if you're listening we are always still watching absolutely like, just make that assumption yeah That's nobody is simple. never not watching i'd like to know what the statistics <laughs> are that people are like no i'm done <laughs> Yeah, because I think it's zero. Yeah, that's such a good point. That's such. A, I'd love to know how many people go. No, okay, you're right. I should stop. I should be doing something else. I binged the entire second season of Dead to Me on Mother's Day, and it was heaven. I'm excited about that. It's I've brilliant. also started watching Hollywood, which is great. I finished that the other day, and the new season of Working Moms as well. Love it. Ah, well, my friend Anna, who's on the Instagram as Mother Pucker, she yeah. recommended Hollywood to oh, me. So maybe it's quite good. Maybe maybe Ooh. I'll get some. 
Maybe I'll see if I can get some info from her about what she thought about it. Ooh, that would be good. Maybe, let's do a mini-soda about it, because I've watched it. You're watching it. Let's get some of yeah. her input. My husband hates it, so that yeah, works. It, it wouldn't be a show for Elijah at all. So I just watched it on my no. own, and it was great. Anyway, let's start off with the yes. good old BDSY, Below Deck Sailing, Yacht, uh, entitled You Snooze, You Lose. And... Um, Jenna and Adam are kind of dominating the headlines again, aren't they? Uh, they absolutely are. But one thing I love about this interaction with Jenna and Adam that I don't think we've seen before is her actually fucking standing up to herself for herself and calling him on his bullshit. And actually, we see Adam be like, you know what? You're fucking right. I should probably not do yeah. that. I 100% agree. And I think as well, this is different to Malia from the season before. Right. You know, I think him and Jenna really do have a phenomenal connection. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's why he's willing to hear her. My worry is that it's going to keep happening yeah. time and time again, because I'm just not sure he's dealing with it. And it's, and it's sad because he owns it in his interview. He says, of course the problem's me. Right. I don't think I'm capable of having this kind of relationship. Um, and I don't know why, but I guess he has some idea. And I just want him to work on it at a level which means that he can. Yeah. Because if him and Jenna are as good as I really do think they are, it would be such a shame if his shit got in the way of it. Absolutely. I mean, he on the show, he blames his parents because I guess like his parents were expats. So they moved around a lot when he was little. So he was always having to say goodbye to people. And that was the end of the relationship. So it wasn't something that he could carry on, which I kind of understand However, I think at some point in your life, you have to deal with those childhood dramas and move on because if not, like they're just going to rule your life. And I think that's how, that's why we see him acting the way he does. He just hasn't dealt with that shit. And I don't know if it's something as easy as just like being in this great relationship is going to help him fix his shit. No, I don't know either, but bad shit happens to a lot of people and that's terrible. Um, but you can't fix it. You can't undo it. No. You can't be angry at the people that did it. You can't blame your mum and dad for moving around right. all the time. Eventually, you have to decide whether you want to carry that baggage and let it ruin the rest of your life or whether you want to do whatever it takes to get rid of it. And I really hope that, that this relationship with Jenna inspires him. I didn't think that they were together, but then Jenna's posting stuff yeah. on Instagram quite recently where they are. So uh, who knows what's right. going on? I. Aside from the context, I really like them as a couple. Totally. And I really hope that they work it out. I agree with you. I think them both working on the boat is causing serious problems. Um, but I don't... Like, for me, it's not their relationship. It's the way they're handling everything on the boat that's causing the problems. Like, I think their relationship could be quite good, just not in this scenario. Like, I think it's just a hard scenario. Yeah. Like, unless you're, like, Paget and Ciara and have been together for ages and can, like, deal with it, I think a new relationship is really hard when everybody is, like, working and living in such tight quarters. Yeah, and I think as well... You can get swept away, and I get it. Like we've all been there in those first flushes of romance. It's of course all you oh, want to do the is hot just sex. jump it's into the, bed yeah. with each other and rip oh. it and snog every time you see each other and push each other up against the absolutely. Bridge. I mean, I don't know, um, <laughs> but but it's not how it can work on this boat, and you do see it really interfering. Yeah. And Jenna makes this point that the guest. Uh, experience wasn't affected. And I actually think she's right. I don't think no. the guest yeah. experience was greatly totally. affected. Um, 
But that's not what's that's not the only thing that's important. It's really damaging to staff morale. And as the manager, that's her responsibility. And I feel like she in this episode dropped the ball on that. She did. And I would say she probably dropped the ball more in this episode than she has previously. Like, you know, the snogging in the kitchen is what it is. Like, that doesn't really bother me. Maybe it's annoying to them, but at least they're both still working. I think this kind of break stagger that didn't happen really damaged the relationship of the interior. And I think that's what everybody is talking about. I think Jenna's 100% right. Guests had no clue what was going on. And that's fantastic. That's the strength of your team, but your team fucking hates you right now. And that's not cool. And the only re- and they didn't, and that wasn't because of your actions. It was in spite of her actions. Right, right. And so I think she needs to own that. And I think Jenna immediately goes on the defensive. Totally, I get it. Yes, yeah. you know, we and you and I both yes. know all about that. Um, but I do think she needs to own it because I feel Georgia's in the middle. Georgia yes. is like super chill. She's like, look, we're here. It's not great, but let's just get on with it. Madison's like. I'm so mad. And and I get both of those things. Like I can appreciate both reactions, but I do feel like it's really damaging to the team morale. And and that is essentially Jenna's responsibility. Um, That's her job. Yeah. Right. Like as first do, that's your job that you are motivating everybody to do the best job that they can. A hundred percent. They have the guest experience nailed. Everybody's having a blast. That's fine. But I think team morale definitely needs to be repaired after Napgate. Well, and especially because Georgia reaches out to Jenna in the in the laundry and she's like, listen, and she wants to tell Jenna that she's on Jenna's side. And Jenna just shuts it down. Like she won't even hear it. Right. And and I get it. It's a you know, she doesn't want anybody involved in the relationship, but you can't live in that kind no. of close in quarters where you are working, living, breathing together and not have people involved. It's just, you can't have your cake and eat it. No, because it's also not like you guys are keeping your relationship behind doors either, like sneaking, shutting a door right. and making out or doing that and then being totally professional on the out. You can't have it both ways. Either people are in it or they're out of it, but like you, you can't do both. And also your relationship is affecting yeah. other people's experience on the boat. Therefore, it's up for discussion. And I think that... I felt bad for Georgia because I really felt like she was trying to support Jenna. Um, And I think it was just too much for Jenna. And I think in shutting Georgia down like that, I think it hurt her feelings. And and actually on the stories, Jenna got, I think she got a little salty with us Uh, because um, she reposted them and she was like, yes, it was meddling. Of course it was meddling. And I just thought, I get it. She's she's really struggling with social media now. She's undergone a lot of trolling. She's had terrible, terrible experiences and I've been there and it's awful and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, and none of the stories that we did, I felt were trolling. I felt like they were simply just, just the asking issue. the question. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like she's very sensitive to that. Right. But she definitely thought it was meddling. Um, and, you know, and then when I asked about, you know, the guest experience, she was like, the guest experience is everything and it wasn't affected. So I love Jenna. I actually think if yeah. we were like, hanging out having a drink oh yeah we'd we'd all be drinking rosé right out of the bottle we're like yeah we know that totally i can like 
I want her to teach me her dance moves. Yes. But I think it's okay to be able to say she dropped the ball there. Well, and I think also, if you just look at the relationship, the relationship between Jenna and Georgia has always been fairly pleasant. Like not at the beginning where Georgia was kind of learning, but Georgia's really stepped it up. And I don't think Georgia has ever done anything malicious to Jenna or said anything malicious to her. So I don't really understand how... Georgia just kind of being there for her, she felt that it was kind of meddling because I totally read it as her just being there on her side and, you know, trying to be cool. Like she's never been mean to her. Like Madison, on the other hand, I would have gone the other way. Like that would be an obvious meddle and just being kind of a dick because that's their kind of relationship background. But I don't know. I mean, we'll definitely see more next week. We'll see Jen... Uh, Jenna and Glenn's conversation about the interior and see how that goes. Then I think this is also the last charter. So we're going to be losing some shows next week. <laughs> I know we're going to have an easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, we obviously just before we finish have that continuing tension between Paget and Georgia. And I do feel for Georgia here because she's really caught serious feelings for this oh, guy. Oh yeah, she's 100% caught feelings. This is not just, I, you know, I want to fuck you and be done with it. Like, I think she's really connected to him on an emotional level and he's not going to leave Ciara. Like, he's not. No. He hasn't. Like, they're in quarantine in Italy together. Um, but I really feel for Georgia because I think Chris is trying so hard to like, get in there and be lovely, which I think hands down, Chris is super lovely. The way he's been working through back pain fucking astounds me. And especially like what he's doing. I have to say, I don't find Chris sexy in the slightest. No. But watching, but that did make him a little bit sexy. My gosh, when he like went way up high on the mast with back pain in a fucking harness. lugging all that shit with the, I've had a, I've had a back like that. I couldn't barely get off the couch. Like that guy is superhuman. I really, really respected him. And that was sexy. Well, and I think what's really great about him joining the cast is that there is a deckhand that we a hundred percent like respect. And he just like slid in there kicking ass at the job. I think it's a huge difference from where they were with Parker and always having to be on him and things like that. Like Chris has just been kind of a lifesaver for this deck crew. And, and he's funny as fuck. Like the way he strutted during that fashion show and did the little pool dance and then like slid into the hot tub. Like I respect someone who goes all out for 200 bucks. Me too. I've never been more proud to be British. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move, let's move on. We'll see uh, the fallout with Captain Glenn and Jenna next week, but let's move on to um, Vanderpump Rules where we, we, we're turning the crazy up a couple of notches. Here. Uh, this, this episode should be called like the one where Jack's fucking loses his goddamn mind. I mean, that could probably be applied to many episodes in the past, but I just feel like he's working out like a maniac to try to like keep it together, which I get. Like he just doesn't want to be mean to Brittany. So he's just like working out like a psychopath, you know, at his gym. But um, he needs some serious work on himself because I feel like these explosions are coming from the fact that he's kind of pushed down everything that's happened to him over maybe the past year, like the terrible thing with his dad, the falling out with his mom. And I think he's just exploding. Well, I agree. I don't think this is just Jack's behaving badly or Jack's losing his, like, I, I actually think he's not well and I think he needs some real help. Like you say, he's pushed all of this stuff down. He's not dealt with it properly. Um, and this this going to the gym three, four times a day is 
manic behavior. Well, and those exercises are no joke because it's essentially like an orange theory. Like you remember when you came out with us and mm. and did that orange theory workout? Yeah, it was miserable. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing three times a day. I mean, he's not well. And I, no. in all seriousness, I think Stasi. I hope that that conversation with Stasi does start to do something to help because Brittany, he's just taking it out on Brittany. Yeah. Even on social media, the way he's like, oh, this is why I'm going to divorce my wife. My wife's going to leave me. Like, that's not cool. You're no. a team. Like, don't put that shit out on there. No. It's it's not fair. It's disrespectful. not in his... Yeah. It's disrespectful, but he's not in his right mind. No, I um, agree. I'm really happy that Stasi sat down and had that conversation with him because I think she's right. I think she's one of the only people that can have that conversation with him and be real with him and he'll listen yeah. to her. Yeah. Because he'll walk all over Brittany yeah. and, and, but he won't with Stacey. She will like call him, which is why their relationship would yeah. never work. But I'm glad that they're still friends because she recognizes that she needs him. But man, I do feel for him. I I feel for everybody around him as well. Cause oh. he is just being fucking unbearable. Yeah. I mean, I would have blocked his ass a long time ago if he was my friend fucking rage text me that bullshit. I'd have been like, dude. Yeah. I tell you what, mm-mm. I agree. And I would have also organized another fucking pool party. Hell yeah. Controversial. A way better pool party as well. Cause like Jack's better be happy. He's still friends with Stassi because their pool party would have been fucking crickets without Stassi. I mean, and it would have been, the worst. I mean, Tom and Ariana did a great pool party. But I am, is there, have we been told why they haven't got any furniture? I think like they just haven't decided what they want. Oh, I mean, I think it's okay. that simple. Like, cause they made a comment pretty early on when all the couples were moving into their house that like Jax and Brittany and Tom and Katie just like bought the furniture with the house. Like they just bought it staged and whatever. Whereas they really want to like make it their own and take the time to do that. And I think Ariana's not been in the greatest mind space to like really decorate her house, but they fucking killed that backyard with the, they really did ass festival pool party vibes was just amazing. Yeah. I know which pool party I would rather. Fuck yeah. Apart from anything. Although I was going to say, I say that, I mean, Kristen and Carter did turn up. Yeah, which I don't I don't really get why they would turn up no, there. I'm, oh. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go to Jackson Britney's with like Kristen's ties to them. But um, I would much rather be at the pool party with the fun kids, with the DJ, with the tents. I mean, even Katie was having a fucking killer time and she never has a good time. I know, she's a miserable cow, but they managed to bring out some sunshine from her. Um, I- in fact, so did James Kennedy. Yeah, he got a hug. They had a hug. A little cuddle. Jeez, he must have he must have caught her on a really fucking good day. Well, I think this just goes to I think this speaks to the growth that James can do when he's not fucking hammered all the time. I think he is very genuine in like being apologetic for what he did and I think they can all tell the difference, but you know, from his earlier bullshit apologies to like something real and really heartfelt. And I think as well, you know, it, it's, it, it, it kind of made me proud of Katie that she could give that to him because she's not the biggest person in the world. She's not, you know, if Katie gives you a gift like that, that's like, I see your growth and I forgive you. Like take that's it. huge. Yeah. Take it, take it and fucking run. Um, and I hope it lasts because the new James Kennedy is a guy I can get on board with. Hell yeah. He's fun. He's like cool. 
This is the James Kennedy that I'm here for 100%. Um, The other big news of this week in the old Sir Crazy Ancestral pool of juices (laughs) is... Is the Dana Brett Max love triangle that? Oh God, you start because Brett, I can't. No, Brett is so gross to me. I I can't fucking believe the way he talks about Dana versus the way he talks to Dana. I can't believe that dinner party where he's just like shouting that he didn't have fucking feelings for her. I can't believe he talked all that shit to Max and then said something totally different to Dana. He's fucking gross. And, and he's gross, you know, just as a caveat, like he's a hundred percent, not my type of dude anyways. Like I've never been into like the, the very muscular, pretty fuck boys. Like they're just not my type. I'm definitely more attracted to like the tattooed emotional, you know, emotionally unavailable dudes. That was my MO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. But, um, I'm a hundred percent team max on this. Like I think Dana should take a real look at the bullshit, which is Brett and Here's try to thing. build something I, with Max because I think that's real. I have a lot of love for Dana. Like I think she's oh, smart, she's, she's sassy, she's strong, yeah. she's a badass. But I think she is being fucking blinded by the abs because I cannot understand why she turns into this like simpering little fucking princess when she's around him. And he's like, how does my hair look? Does my hair look Ugh. all right? She's like, your hair looks like more than all right. Oh, Dana, you have more self-respect than that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like I am, I am shocked that she is not seeing this. And even, I mean, if any guy sat at a table and just shouted, I do not have feelings for her. When we have been like, I'm not saying you need to be in love with me, but like have, have some fucking respect, right? And respect me. That is such bullshit. Like if you really don't have those feelings, you have that fucking conversation elsewhere. You're, you don't shout it from the fucking rafters in a public place in front of her and her friends. And I'm sure that Max is a fuck boy too, but I think he's handled himself far better throughout all of this. Well, at least he was honest about it. Right. And I don't think he was ambiguous with Dana. I think it was very clear what he was trying to say, which is, I still have feelings for you. I respect that you're going out with somebody else. I find it hard. Yeah. That's all he wanted to say. He didn't want to say, I want to get back with you. He didn't want to say, let's make it like, maybe that's what he wants to say further down the line. But I think it was very clear. And I think she's holding this against him because it makes it easier for her. Totally. Um, But Brett is, gross is the word. He makes my skin crawl. Yeah. No, he. I'm. I'm not a fan. I. I he, and he I'd does be, always wear flannel. Ugh, I'd be happy for him to like not be on the show next season. I. I don't think Me he too. adds anything of value or really interest. Like he's just been gross. He was mean as fuck to Sheena. Whether you believe Sheena deserves it or not, another story. But he was an asshole to her too. And he's just like. He's like a misogynist in feminist clothing, right? Like yeah, he wants to be, exactly. oh, I'm so down with like, you know, women's rights and like My respect feelings. you and the feelings. But actually he's just like a fucking date raper roofie boy <laughs> inside. <laughs> I mean, you know, call it how you see it. I agree. I think you're yeah. right. I think he's the epitome of young, dumb and full of calm. And I have absolutely zero time for him. He he grosses me out. And I maybe it's because we're 38, yeah. nearly 40. 
um, that we can see through it. But Dana, I want to shake her and say, wake up. Like, I'm not even saying go with Max, but just no. ditch Brett. Yeah, just don't be with that guy. Find somebody else because you're funny as fuck. You're cute. You're smart. You're strong. You yeah, do not need that exactly. bullshit. No, it's enough is enough. Um, and then finally, the Toms have nailed Tom Tom. They have doubled their money and Ken and Lisa asked them if they want to reinvest into the bar they're going to open next door called yeah. The Garden. And uh, what do you reckon? Oh, I think 100% they're going to reinvest. I think they'd just be dumb as fuck for not. Like, I know a lot of people kind of, on social media, give the Tom shit about like not really do anything for the restaurant and things like that. But I think what they really do is like, they're, they're a great duo. Like they're fucking entertaining as shit. They both bring something different to the table and they have really built the Tom Tom brand. So I, I do think they do a lot for the business. I think they're a big part of it being successful. And I think Lisa recognizes that. And I think that's why they're giving them the opportunity to reinvest. Like, Hey, we can all make more money. Like, let's do it. If you don't want to, well, fine. Also, we'll open it up anyways, but it'd be better if it yeah. was the garden at Tom Tom versus just the garden. Right. Cause otherwise you've just got a competitor right next door to you. And remember what happened to sir when pump opened for like a year, it was dead. I mean, it mm. built back up, but it's not, of course they have to reinvest. Um, but I, Excuse me. I agree with you. For Lisa Vanderpump at first with Tom Tom, these guys were just a line on her marketing budget. Yeah. They were like, this is what they're here for. And they did a great job. Um, and I think they've learned a lot. And as they go, she'll give them more responsibility. 100%. And do a, but she has given them the gift of a lifetime. Fuck She's yeah. given them the chance to really fucking make an enormous amount of money, set themselves up for life. Well, and this is um, what I like about Lisa because I do think she sees potential. She sees like the ability to grow in these two dudes and she wants to support that. And she want like, I think she recognizes like they're incredibly wealthy. They're very successful at what they do. If they can show people how to do that, I think she's willing to do that for people who are willing to work. And I mean, Sandoval has worked for her for fucking ages. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's not going anywhere. He is very loyal and he is willing to put in the work. And I think yeah. that, and the, go ahead. Sorry. I no. was say, and the Tom Toms aren't charity, but Lisa is very committed to giving back in a lot of different ways. Mm. Like I think she very much recognizes her privilege. She recognizes the power that she has to help people, support people. And I think this is just one another way of her giving something back. And I really applaud her for it. And I have no doubt that the garden is gorgeous. I'm sure it's open by now or at least on its way. Right. Um, but I, I love seeing the Toms succeeding because, you know, yeah. they're... they're I mean, not that Tom Schwartz ever worked really in a bar for more than 30 minutes, but like... <laughs> he had a panic attack and ran have, out. <laughs> he seems to have found his niche. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I'm actually kind of liking Sandoval, Sandoval a little bit more now in the season than I did at the beginning of the season. Like, I think Me he's too. calmed down quite a bit, and I think things must be kind of better because he's not hmm. as fucking crazy as he was. Yeah, I think he's found his feet. You have yeah. to excuse me. Halfway between us talking about that episode, my husband walked in and gave me um, a bowl of ramen. Aww. Which is really super kind of him, and I cannot That's very be more kind. grateful. But the problem is I can't really eat it now, no. so now I'm just looking at food, starving, like hungry. cold ramen. And you know what I'm like I when know. I'm hungry. Like it's, <laughs> Let's get through this, this podcast. Good. We don't want her yelling at anyway, me. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm slurping in a little bit here and there, but I'll do my best to obviously hide it. Um, 
But let's move on to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I swear to God, these Housewives ladies are off their fucking rocker this week. Yeah, no, they've definitely got their bitch outfit on. They're all crazy. They really are. We start off back at the pizza party. Yes. Um, let me get to my notes. Which let's just have a chat about this pizza party anyways. I have a real problem let's do that. with this, with Denise trying to be the perfect anti-sex mom. I don't, this- und- well, I d- we do understand totally. what's going on. Like obviously yeah, we yeah. know what's coming so I can get it. But it just is so obvious that this is just bullshit. Like at one point she... Like, this is late. All the other kids have gone. Right. And they're all at the grown-ups table. And she turns around to her eight-year-old who sat at the grown-ups table late at night and says, they're not talking about things that are very appropriate, are they? Do you know what's not Go appropriate, Denise? The fact that your daughter is not in bed. Like, yeah. send her to bed so that the grown-ups can chat. I mean, ultimately, I don't even understand why the kids are there. I don't understand the whole thought process of throwing, like, a joint pizza party with your teenage children. Fucking send them away to other people's houses and you have a grown-up night. Because you know what people are going to start talking about. This is not fucking new. This is this happens no. every time a bunch of grown-ups get together. The talk turns to sex. And if you don't want your kids yeah. to hear it, fucking send them away. Don't plan on them being there. Or put them in their rooms because they're eight and they need to go to bed. Like... Uh, my kids are in bed no. at eight by the absolute latest other than 4th of July when we let them run around. But like, I don't want to hang out and drink with my kids. I want them to go to bed and I want to have like the real honest, no. cool chat going on. I agree. And also Denise at one point, right at the beginning is still talking about how big her husband's dick is. Right. So that's okay. But like the kids, are. but also, and then she gets at Erica saying, my daughter, I was out with Sammy and she talked about threesomes. She's 15. Like, Sammy knows what threesomes are. I think we can all have a grown-up. They showed the clip and she didn't care. No, she didn't care. We can have a grown-up conversation about this. Like, this is not the end of the world. And as you said, yeah, um, the reality is, these are Charlie Sheen's kids. (laughs) (laughs) This man has done way worse stuff. It is all over the internet. You cannot tell me they don't know the stuff that went on with their dad. Like you can't like they're 15 now. Maybe the, I mean, the eight year old is not his. So that's probably a different story anyways, but like come the fuck on. Like the girls weren't like going into specifics and how you set up a threesome and how you need to act like a threesome. They were just talking and I just don't buy it. I don't buy it, Denise. No, this is all because we know that this bloody lesbian affair is coming up and she's like in some sort of panic and we see it throughout this whole, like even Erica Jane at the dinner, after the launch says, like, where has Miss Laidback gone? Right. There is some shit going on with Denise. I don't know when this comes out in the season, yeah. but it's definitely edging closer and closer. No doubt. No, absolutely. Um, the other thing, of course, I mean, we have the, the Kyle convers- The Kyle confrontation continues at the pizza party, and obviously she leaves. Um, I... Uh, you and I are a little out of sync in our allegiances this week, which yes. is fine. Yeah. It's good for the chat. Um, I really am kind of connecting with Kyle a little bit here. I know she's being like overly emotional and a little bit difficult. Like I get, I do get that, but I do feel that it's from overwhelm. I feel like Dorit, I think Sutton's right. Dorit really pushed her buttons when she's like, I actually have a life. Um, and I just think it's too much for her. And actually, I don't think it's fair that Lisa Rinna says that she doesn't blindly support everybody else. She lost Lisa Vanderpump over blindly supporting Dorit over this. Like, 
I, I do think that Kyle has been in their team, um, but I also feel that her, her her kind of responses are a little bit emotionally driven rather than kind of logically driven. Yeah, I think on this, we're pretty aligned. Like, I think this is the first time Kyle has taken on this much work at one time. So I think she's struggling with balancing it all and being there for her family and being away and being there for her friends. Like, that's a fucking hard juggle struggle, 100%. I know where she's coming from. We've all been where Kyle's at. It just sometimes gets too much. And you do just want your friends to back the fuck off. Um, Yeah. I don't really understand the beef with Dorit. I think that was just exacerbated by the feelings. I don't actually think Dorit meant it that like Kyle didn't have a life. I think she was just like making an offhand comment that was maybe came off a little dickish, but just like, well, I have a life. Like I have other things going on. I needed to handle it. Like that's what it was. Um, And I think if Kyle wasn't in the kind of emotional state that she's in, it would have never been an issue. This would not have even come up. But you know what as well? This whole thing about having to compare how hard everybody has it. Like, Denise is banging on about this. Like, mm-hmm. I record 10 episodes of Bold and Beautiful every week. You know, all of this bullshit. Um, it really pisses me off because two reasons. Firstly, everybody's hard is different. Right. Right? Doesn't matter whether you think that their hard is hard relative to yours. That's not the point. The point is they find it hard, therefore it's hard and we need to show them compassion and respect that. It's not a fucking competition. But also, ladies, let's just remember, you've got a lot to be fucking grateful for. Like, let's put this into some perspective. I get that it's hard, but it's quite unsettling watching super privileged women bitch and moan about how hard they've got it. Like, I know I feel like I'm contradicting myself a little bit there. All I'm saying is a little bit of recognition on their part for this would all make it go down a little bit easier. But don't sit there and say, it's just so hard. Yeah. Like, I get it, but let's recognize what you have. Well, and I think it... Gratitude attitude goes a long way. Right, and I think it definitely hits a little bit harder as we're all watching this during quarantine as well. Like, obviously, (laughs) we're all coming from a very different place of where our hearts are probably exponentially harder than they were pre-quarantine. And I think you're right. I don't like any of the bitchiness that happens on social media or on these shows or whatever about, like, my heart is... You know, like, my heart's worse than your heart. Like, fuck off. Everybody's just trying to do their best and everybody finds it fucking hard. Like that, that's reality. Everybody has a hard life. The fucking queen of England has hard days sometimes. You know, we all do because we're all people. Um, well, she, she, I mean, Prince Andrew, that must have been a tricky time. Jesus Christ. I mean, could you imagine? <sighs> could you fucking imagine being that no, man's No, but mom? I did, I did think... I did think it was hilarious that like when all this was going off, David Walliams was was promoting his new book, The Beast of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> it's like, oh, who knew he was writing Andrew's biography? Um, that's the complete. Sorry, that the was point. that was a random thing, but um, but yeah, I just everybody just needs to be a little bit more compassionate to each other in this friend group. Like I feel they all really jump on the attack for kind of tiny things. I think the only one that doesn't is Erica. And I think Garcelle is going to be the same way. Like what the yeah. fuck are we actually arguing about here? This seems Erica stupid. has always been the voice yeah. of reason. Like she's fucking over the top with a lot of things, but when it comes to relationships, her emotional empathy is so, so high yeah. that it just means that she can always see something from a slightly more measured uh, position. And, 
you know, she stays very quiet as well when the whole Sutton Dorit thing comes out. And again, I think we're a little, you know, you and I don't fully agree on this, but um, there's something about Dorit's vibe this season that I just don't like. And I don't know whether it's because there's shit happening behind the scenes that everybody's sort of not talking about. Right. But I just feel like she is really on the defense. Like she's really... I don't know. I just feel like she's attacking, and I do feel like she goes after Sutton for this. You know, in a, especially in a group setting where Sutton is new to it. Dorit says she just wants peace, but I actually think she just wants to be right, and she's like a dog with a bone. And I just, I don't know. I'm just not on board with Dorit right now. Yeah, and so this is where we differ very because I actually think this is the first season I've kind of liked Dorit because I feel like she's actually standing up to people this season. I felt like she was just kind of boring in past seasons and very much kind of like a doormat, like all this shit just happened to her or whatever. And I think that's kind of influenced the way she's behaving this season. And I kind of like it. Like, honestly, I probably would have said the same to Kyle. Like, you know what? I had shit to do. Fucking get off my jock about that. The Sutton yeah. thing, I'm of more of the opinion that Dorit just doesn't know Sutton. Like, this is like the second time they've met up. Sutton's been kind of weird to the group before. I don't even really know why Sutton went to the event if she knew that this guy could possibly be there and it'd be awkward and whatnot. I mean, maybe it was a filming obligation. I don't know. But I feel like if I didn't know someone really well and they turned to me and were like, I'm going to freak the fuck out, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking like, what? what the hell's going no. on here? I 100% And I think at the dinner, I felt like Sutton was more attacking Dorit because Dorit was literally just saying what she said. Like, you turned to me and said this. I was coming from a place where I had no idea what that meant. I don't really know you that well. And it, like, was awkward for me. Like, I would feel the same way. And maybe I wasn't paying as close enough attention because I don't remember Sutton apologizing for saying what she what she said I don't remember she, that at well, all she, I don't know whether the words I'm sorry came okay. out but she definitely said she was wrong to say it like right. she said I shouldn't have but said it but was she wrong to or... say it to Dorit or like what no, was she said she, she shouldn't from? have said it at all like she yeah. shouldn't have well, said she it at all have gone. and I guess on reflection it meant that she she should have handled the whole situation differently right. all of that I get I just don't like the way that Dorit has to keep it going like always has to keep it going and because she wants to be right but I do agree like Sutton is batshit crazy yeah in kind of an endearing way because I just genuinely don't think she realizes it. But, um, but yeah, I just can't get on board with Dorit. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where it all goes because, and I mean, maybe this is a bit unfair because like I've read a few things about like Sutton was going to be a housewife with a diamond, but she wouldn't open up a lot of her life. And so they kind of like demoted her status to just the friend, which is why she doesn't have a tagline and all of this kind of stuff. And I just, I don't really, I don't know her well enough to kind of make a judgment call on her. Whereas I feel like I know Dorit more because I've seen more seasons with her. So I think I'm more yeah. apt to side loyalty with Dorit is there. than Sutton because I'm like, I don't really know where you're coming from. Southern manners would kind of dictate you didn't go to the event if you want to be real technical about it because, you know, it's business and you don't want to cause a scene. That's a pretty Southern thing. Unless it was a filming obligation. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? And I'm willing to give her like the benefit of that doubt. I just want to see, I just want to know more about her because I feel like all the interactions we've watched with her have been slightly unhinged. 
Yeah, I think I find her quite um, addictive because I don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. Like, she's kind of an anomaly amongst these girls. Right. She's completely different to everybody else. So I think I quite like that about her. But there's only going to be a certain amount of that I want to take before I'm like, okay, now I need more. Like, open up, right, let's right. see where this crazy comes from. We'll see. I don't know. I well, mean, and I weirdly, that the. Go ahead. I was going to say, I suspect the season's going to be hijacked fairly soon by the whole right. Denise and Brandy Glanville. Yeah, I'm sure thing. it will be. Um, but, but weirdly we'll enough, I would 100% side with Garcelle on anything because I feel like everything we've seen of her in this show has been like fucking badass and real. I love her. Yeah, she's like the Jackie Goldschneider of, yeah. of this one. She's like the down-to-earth, gives her kids a fucking donut cake. Pizza, I, like, this is... This is the thing. I wrote that down on my notes. Like, I wonder what fucking Jennifer has to say about Garcelle's birthday parties. Probably not shit because Garcelle is famous and she is not. Yeah. But that birthday party is very similar. Like, you know what? This is what my kids want. We don't fucking do that crazy bullshit because that's ridiculous. We don't. Uh We're going to do donut birthday cakes. And apparently everybody's going to eat the donuts before even the people come. And it's all fucking fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, babe, I felt her pain. I was like, put everything fucking down. It's organized. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, the thing is, the only problem with this episode, with this whole season right now, is that the only thing I'm waiting for is the Denise Brandy Glanville thing. So until Absolutely. that happens, I'm like, oh, come get on, on with it, move it along. And I don't feel like there's like enough in these episodes because I feel like maybe they are holding it all back to like do the big fucking reveal, and everyone's going to get off their tits. So give me the good shit now. That's what I say. Absolutely. Um, We've got another bunch of crazy bitches on the other coast on new in New York, which, oh God, it's, it, that's quite, it's quite exhausting to talk about. It really is. Like, what the fuck is Dorinda's hard on over Tinsley? Like, what does it fucking matter? What does it impact your life at all? Chill the fuck out. I mean, I get what Dorinda's going through. This is all, I, yeah. I've psychoanalyzed this whole shit. Excellent. Like the house that down. was, and her and Berkshire, at the, uh, I'll start again. The Berkshire house is her and Richard's house. Like this is the house that she's always defined. And now that house is fucking falling apart. So I feel like this has like unearthed a lot of stuff. She's finally dealing with the Richard thing. She's kind of doing all this. And as she's building it back together, she's building herself back to, you see, huh? Huh? building herself back up. Part of that is ditching John. But I do think she's going through a fuck ton of feelings. And for some reason, I think she sees in Tinsley a lack of gratitude, not gratitude, but a lack of awareness about how fucking lucky she is. And I think Dorinda resents the fact that Tinsley cannot recognize actually how lucky she is because she isn't. 55 with a dead husband that she really, really loved and is now alone and sad and all of these things. Which, by the way, Dorinda, again, let's put some perspective on this. You are, like, I I know things are hard, but, like, you also have a pretty fucking amazing life. And I think she feels resentment towards Tinsley for that. I don't think it's right. Um, But I feel like that's where it's come from. But the way that she treated Tinsley at that lunch table... horrific. ...was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen an adult do. Frankly, awful. A hundred percent. Like, so mean, so belittling. I, I would have punched was, her in the face if she had it, spoken yeah, to me Yeah, I know way. you would. Yeah, it was, it was bullying. It was hands down, a hundred percent unequivocal bullying. Honestly, and, I would have punched her in the face had I been there. Like, part of me is like, where are these other people? Like, why are you going to let her talk to, like, you guys are a friend group. If one of my friends was talking to another friend of mine that way, I'd fucking get my ass in the middle of it. 
And I don't care what you're fucking going through, frankly. No. I don't care. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how sad you are. I don't care how broken you are. You don't ever treat or speak to another human being like that. And it was gross and them making excuses. I expected more from Leah. Yeah. Leah snuggles up to Dorinda afterwards. I was like, no, bitch. Tinsley is yeah. your girl and you should call Dorinda out on this. But I think everybody is scared of her. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think you nailed it. I think she's really jealous that Tinsley has people taking care of her and Dorinda just wants to be taken care of again. Yeah. And I think Tinsley holds, Tinsley has the opportunity to have a lot of what Dorinda has lost. Right. And I think that, I think that she struggles with that. And I can understand all of those feelings, but what I cannot understand or ever get on board with or ever try and justify in any way is the way that Dorinda spoke and treated Tinsley at that table. It was disgusting. It does not give you a license to be a dickhead. It no, just doesn't. Never. There is never anything. And, no. and okay, we all are occasionally assholes. That's fine. Own it, apologize, move on. I fucking hope Dorinda does because I do like her and I think she's going through a crisis. Yeah. And when she's not, she's great fun. And I always thought of her as kind of quite down to earth considering. Totally. And, and all of that. So I hope that she sees what she did, but... I have never felt, I've never lost respect for somebody quicker. No, it's really appalling. And I think it kind of harkens back to like the first episode when she was like bullying her about being in kindergarten and like all this other shit. Like she's so demeaning and disrespectful to her that it's just fucking wrong. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's gross. Um, the, we do see Luann go to Leah's apartment. Can I just say Luann, obviously we all know I don't like Luann at all. But she has this talent of even being the biggest bitch when she's trying not to be. Like when they oh, say, yeah. what do you think of Leah's apartment? And she's like, oh, I love how humble she is. Fuck I mean, you, asshole. What? Fuck you, you snob fucking cowbag. Yeah, I mean, not everybody was married to a count and got a huge fucking divorce settlement. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean... And actually, by New York standards, that's a pretty fucking big apartment. Hell yeah. I mean, if she lived in, like, Ohio, she'd have a fucking mansion for what she spent for that apartment. It, Luann is, it just blows my mind. But what they do talk a lot about is obviously their relationship with alcohol here. And this could go, you could see this in two ways. Yeah. Either this could be two friends empathizing, having a lot in common, really supporting each other, or this could be two addicts really enabling each other. Now, which one do you think it is, Reagan? I, I voted for the latter on the Instagram poll. I think it's incredibly enabling. I, I hearken it to like two heroin addicts being like, oh, so we used to do a shitload of heroin. We've gotten over that, but we could probably just do a little bit and be totally fine. Like, we got a candle on this. Like, I think this is like addict behavior 101. Like, when you get two addicts together, they will usually enable each other to fucking fall off the wagon. Yeah, time's gonna time is gonna tell, and maybe we'll be wrong in yeah, eating hopefully. our words, and maybe it turns out that they can absolutely manage their alcohol and they didn't have a problem. Um, and I will, and I will hold my hands up and say I was wrong. But right now, I'm calling it that this is gonna end badly. Yeah, I think for both of them, maybe a little more yeah. so for Leah. I feel like Leah has a little more to lose than Luann does. I mean, Luann's kids are grown, and you know, whatever, but. Leah still has kind of a young kid at home and I don't think she's surrounded by people that will enable her. I think the people around of her are going to call her on her bullshit, like Rob, her ex and things like that are not going to fucking let that fly. No, I agree. Um, I also hope Luann doesn't bring Leah down with her because like you say, like Luann doesn't have as much to lose. No. Um, 
The, just before we finish, I just want to talk about Tinsley's trainer because he is hands down my favorite thing on TV right now. I love that he could give two fucks about being on TV to the fact he calls them all the wrong names. He calls her he Tinsdale. Is... <laughs> he calls Dorito. He calls Dorita Dorito. <laughs> and he just doesn't give a fuck. He's like, where do you guys get all these names? <laughs> <laughs> but I love him because like he looks like he cannot string a sentence together. He can't. But actually what he's doing with Tinsley is like boxing and like psychotherapy all in one go. He is yeah. brilliant. I, at first I was like, is he the worst trainer or the best trainer? I'm deciding he's the best trainer. He is the best. And I mean, obviously, I mean, he's a boxing coach, so he probably was a boxer. So he's probably taken a few to the head. Um but I love him. I think he's very real. He is very real New York, not like the New York yeah. where these ladies come from. He's from the real New York, yeah. and he's probably grew up there, judging on his accent. Um, but I love him, and I think she needs to fucking listen to him because he's speaking a lot of real truths to her, and she needs he to is. open herself up to that shit. Not in complete sentences, but he no. is talking yeah. a lot of truth. You got to piece it together, um, but it's, it's there. <laughs> it's there. It's good. There's good shit there. If you can dig deep enough. Um, well that's us for this week. It is. It is. Uh, we've wrapped up. We only have four shows. I think, uh, next week we're looking at the Vanderpump rules season finale. So there'll be a reunion for that. I think we're coming up on the, bl- the BDSY below deck sailing yacht finale. So we may only be down to the housewives. Which shall be interesting. God, I think, I think I'll need a stiff drink if that's all we've got to Maybe talk it'll about. be more but drinking and in, in just chat from us. So Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. stick with Who us. Knows. Stick with us for that. Listen, guys, we hope that you are surviving lockdown. We are here for you. And even if we lose all our shows, we will come up with some shit to talk about. So stick with us. Absolutely. Please, please don't forget that we are on Patreon. We've launched our Patreon site. So if you would like to sponsor us for... Literally the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can you can pay three pounds. And I think it translates directly into three dollars actually for the American listeners. Um you can get some great stuff. We're creating unique content for that. Um we've just released uh an extra mini sode about the Watch What Happens Live, Ooh, yeah. MJ, Tommy, Reza, Adam chat. That's that a good was one. explosive. We've got another one landing uh, in the near future about the Kristen Cavallari J breakup split up info. So we're creating lots of new stuff for you. Please, if you can. Um, I know now is a tough time to be asking for money, but um, it really would mean the world to us if there was any chance that you could support us. Absolutely. And we've got we've got two new patrons. Uh, we've got Kelly Smith and Amy Marzan. Um, so you know what? Like they're out there. Join them. Enjoy this bonus content because we're way more opinionated on the bonus content than we are even on the podcast. And true. And you'll get a shout out. You get tons of stuff. You get tons of stuff. So go and have a look. And also, you know, we're thinking about maybe creating some uh, smart people watch reality TV merch too. So um, the Patreon guys will be the first to get their hands on that. But in the meantime, um, we are here for you during lockdown. We hope you have a great, great week. Take care. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.